It's the Brad and Brit cast. Glad you're with us here. We have some ground to cover. And we don't have some ground to cover. What do you want to start with? Ground to cover or not ground to cover? Uh, let's get in a moose bush with not ground to cover. Okay, not ground. Um, uh, can, can we start local and stay local? Yeah, sure. Why not? No. <laughs> uh, and, and and this is a this is a story. If you're close to where we are, or you're in North Carolina, you may be familiar with it. If you're further out, you may not know the story specifically, but it it relates to January sixth. I think a lot. Okay. Uh, and it has to do with this uh, man named Mark Martin. Uh, not the race car driver. He's retired, isn't he? Yes. Isn't that Mark Many, Martin retired? Many years now. Probably best known to fans for driving the, driving the Viagra car during the 90s. Mm. But I guess I guess things kind of went flat on that, and he, uh, yeah. he walked away. <laughs> it all went downhill. Yeah, yeah. And one day he got Peroni's disease and made the wrong turn. <laughs> it bent to the left and he bent to the right. Don't you love how the only way to illustrate this disease is with what? That's the only way to illustrate it on television. Carrots. Yeah, well, carrots. It's a carrot. It's the only Zucchini. possible way. A banana. I think a banana. <laughs> like every, one of, every one of the fruit emojis. Is an advertisement. Jesus. <laughs> hey, you guys, how should we just write the board meeting? How should we advertise? I don't know. Everybody just get a carrot, make it like represent a dick. We're done. Meeting adjourned. <laughs> All right. So, so Mark Martin is a person who is allegedly, I guess he is, a respected member of the North Carolina Bar. Uh, he was the chief justice of the Supreme Court of North Carolina for a couple of years. And he has recently been the dean of an accredited law school, Regent University School of Law, which is famous for cranking out right-wing lawyers who populate Republican administrations very often I think the george w bush uh administration was just filled with with regent graduates okay it's it's a it's a christian university pat robertson right. is the uh, patron saint of regent and they have a law school so mark martin who had been the chief justice of north carolina went up there and was the dean for a couple of years. So he leaves a few years ago, or very recently, and is offered the job as the first dean of a new law school being formed in our area of the world. It's High Point University. And High Point University didn't have a law school. They're going to have one now. They want one because, as you know, there aren't enough lawyers in America. We need more. We need more schools to crank them out. But from what I'm from what I'm reading, he left a job at Regent that was paying him three hundred sixty one thousand dollars a year, which is it's not bad money, from what I hear. And and, and Britt, 
if if form follows function, in the case of High Point University, he's probably making a million dollars a year because this is the kind of place High Point University is. It's run by a guy who and every day, every week, every month, every year, to me, the evidence gets more and more obvious. To quote the former president of the United States, there's something going on there. It just this is something going on. I've, I've always and, I, and, and he built this thing massively during a recession, like the worst recession we've had since the recession started. started. Yeah, right. that, that started. That, that, and it's me, never that, stopped. That's the beginning of sort of the suspiciousness of the situation. Well, they buy up land, they build buildings, they they put up luxury dormitories, yeah. and they offer, I don't believe, any scholarships. You want to go there, you pay, yeah. and they're probably north of, I don't know, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year. They can't charge what the true elite schools charge, the privates, which is now upwards of 70 and 80,000. They can't get away with that. But they're just uh, under but that. They, 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 they aspire to, to be that. They want to be Duke, right? Yeah. They want to be Duke. There's, a, there's also a certain lack of diversity, I believe, at High Point that some of the others are lack, yeah. that, that, that have. Right. So now back to, you know, the, the, I think they've added a pharmacy school. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, the only thing, the only thing that they, they, they can't add no matter how much money they have without really having their ducks in a row and there's no ideology ever attached to it is a medical school. Mm-hmm. You don't just, you just don't decide you're going to start training doctors. It's a pretty big deal. And that's why there aren't that many, there are fewer medical schools in a state for almost every state than, than there are law schools. Um, I think in, in, what in North Carolina, what are the medical schools? Wake Forest, Duke, Carolina, the UNC. Yeah. ECU, and that's it, right? East, ECU. ECU, right? ECU. Those are four. They're they're all really good. They're all mm-hmm. well respected, mm-hmm. and there's not going to be a fifth one <laughs> for a long time. Although we need more doctors, we don't need more lawyers. So of course, what happens? We get more law schools. More law schools. Right. So to make a long story longer, <laughs> which I'm really good at that, um, they signed this guy up to be the first dean of the new law school. And it turns out that right after the January 6th insurrection coup attempt to overthrow the government, destroy democracy, Donald Trump himself name checks this guy, Mark Martin, as one of the people that he consulted right before January 6th, asking him if there was a way for Mike Pence to be able to invalidate electors at the moment of truth on January 6th in the House of Representatives when counting, and he doesn't really count them, he just rubber stamps them. Is there any way he can fuck up this election and throw it to me instead of Joe Biden? And Mark Martin, and I think I can say this, if I'm wrong, if I'm making something up, I guess I'll get sued. Mark Martin gave him advice that gave him comfort and gave him the confidence to say, yeah, there is a way. Because I talked to Mark Martin, former North Carolina Supreme Court justice, and he said there's a way. So 
Mark Martin and John Eastman, the guy who has been now thrown under the bus, wrongfully or rightly so, doesn't matter, but Eastman, who is looked at as kind of the architect of the Green Bay sweep, if we're getting too jargonistic, tough, I don't care. Um, but Mark Martin is kind of like the He's like the offensive coach on the team or the defensive coach, right? He's not the head coach, but he's there. Mm-hmm. He's there. Um, well, he certainly needs to clarify publicly. Mark Martin does exactly what he said and, and what advice he gave to Donald Trump. I don't think that would hurt at all. Well, it's not a question that that wouldn't hurt at all. It's he has to say what he said. Yeah. And we will, we will, with full confidence, assume that he said what we believe he said, which is there is a way. And by the way, he also talked to Donald Trump, you ready? The evening of January 6th at about 7.30. So it wasn't just before. Trump was looking that evening after the the shit had been hitting the fan. And, and help me on the timeline on this, Britt. At 7.30 at night, it was not an all clear, right? Uh, yeah, Things there were was still dicey. Nobody was, was quite yeah. sure uh, how this was going to work out because they didn't end up doing everything inside the Congress until Much even later. later than 7.30, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so Trump had at least two conversations with Mark Martin, former North Carolina Supreme Court uh, justice, chief justice, and... He's not saying a word, and I don't know whether he was contacted to appear in front of the January 6th committee um, because he certainly would not have been one of these people that said, well, Trump called me up, and I told him there's no way. This is against the Constitution of the United States. This would be against my my uh, oath that I took as a lawyer to uphold the constitution of the United States. He couldn't be one of those guys, could he? Because he didn't give that pushback to Donald Trump, did he? And again, Britt, if you're wrong, if I'm wrong about this, then he should say so, shouldn't he? And he he should should say it under oath. And if he won't say it under oath, he should at least say it to all of us here in North Carolina because his ideology is anti-American. His ideology is Mm anti-constitutional. His ideology has colored, to me, whatever credentials he had as the chief justice or the dean of a previous law school. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. This is your moment. And you're hiding, and you're hiding because you did the wrong thing. We're seeing people in front of us on television the last few weeks, other Republicans who did the right thing. At that moment, we'll talk about other issues, ancillary to that, in in due time here. So Mark Martin is a collaborator. Mark Martin is an enabler. Mark Martin should not be the dean of a law school that is teaching constitutional law to train lawyers to go out into the world. He is unfit, in my opinion, and he needs to answer for that. And the head of High Point University, Nito Cubain, is disgusting. 
yeah. for protecting this guy. And I, Britt, I guarantee you, I guarantee bleeping to you that he's paying Mark Martin a fortune, not $360,000. That's probably a low number for deans of, of, uh, of law schools. I'm just betting. I'm betting a lot of them make a lot more than that because it is true in this case, uh, I can make a lot more out of the private sector. And if you get to that level, that's probably true. So you got to pay these people well. But, uh, you know, High Point University is 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 like the uh, the Saudi Arabian golf tour. It doesn't it is. matter. That's a, <laughs> it's, the, it's the Saudi Arabian golf tour of law schools. That is a great that's it, a great it, analogy. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And, and, and Cubain, in other articles about other, has said flat out, we'll pay whatever it takes to get the best. If you've been toiling at, at uh, UNC or Davidson and, and you're trying to exist on uh, 110000 a year or whatever a professor might, whatever, sh- don't worry. Hey, quarter of a million, done. High Point University, come on down. We're building a, a great place. So he's buying up talent. He's like the... Uh, um, let's see who, who's got the highest payroll in baseball now. The Dodgers, the Yankees. The Yankees, I'm sure. The, I'm sure it's the Yankees. No. Yeah. Um. So th- I think this is scandalous. I think it's horrible. You cannot stay silent. You yeah. do you think people are going to forget about this? I mean, he if, if the hearings were were set up in the old fashioned method of uh, um, adversarial. Uh, questioning by members of both parties who spend half the time yelling at each other and insulting each other instead of the witnesses, Mark Martin would have been called. Sure. He, he would have been up there. And the Republicans, I guess, would have defended everything he said to Trump, and the Democrats would be roasting his ass, uh, as he well deserves. But that's not how these hearings are. And you, well, uh, if he was called and he ignored the subpoena or, or he decided not to go ahead with the subpoena, do you think that High Point would support him in that? Do you think they could remain silent and think that that's a great idea? I, you know, that that's a, a, a perfectly legitimate question that would, would, would come afterwards. And based on what you've heard and seen so far out of them being uh, Martin himself and the president, Hubane. Of course, they would support him. Of course. Eventually, I think you would get them to, to, to say at High Point University that this is not a legitimate uh, inquiry going on in Washington. Why should Mark Martin have to submit himself? And you have all the bullshit lines that you're hearing out of of other people. So, so when, the, when the professors at the High Point School of Law start talking about subpoenas in class, you can say that it's, it's, it's like voluntary. It's like uh, it's not. It's optional. Well, you can you can either go ahead and take have it, you can yeah, take yeah. them or not. What? Well, uh, here's here's uh, uh, another little nugget in in uh, today's edition of uh, my local paper, the uh, web newspaper that gets delivered to me on a printed page like this. Yeah. Some guy writes a a column about Mark Martin. Okay. okay? And it talks about Mark Martin being just aces, the best. Yeah. And it's just Mark Martin, a man of the rule of law. Clearly. He is a rule of law guy. Sure. All the way. I don't have it in front of me here. Um, but 
in the column, the guy says, oh, and by the way, I know nothing about what's going on right now as far as uh, him talking to Trump or Jan which, of course, that's the whole point. That's the reason that this column got printed. We want to know about that. That's all that matters. Don't give me this shit how he was the best guy ever. He was a little league coach. He was the head of the law review. He was the best guy ever. So, therefore, do not question the fact that he gave advice to the president of the United States. That's not, I mean, it's inexcusable. It's just pathetic. It's just pathetic. Uh, I know nothing about this story now about uh, uh, January 6th and Trump. It's, it's, in the, it's in the guy's column. Well, then right. fuck, don't print the column. Mm -hmm. Don't know. You can't get away with that. That's exactly Look. the kind of gaslighting that we're talking about here. Look, as far as I know, Dan Snyder has been a fine owner for the Washington Commanders. I don't know anything about anything that may have happened over the past 24 <laughs> to 48 hours. Britt, it, it always gets back to Gilbert and Frank, Gilbert Godfrey and Frank. Jerry Lewis was always great to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was also Donald Trump. He's nice to me. Kim Jong-un right. is nice to me. The Saudis are nice to me. All that shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. It, Charles, Man it, Charles it, Manson tipped well. well. I mean, it was, Charles Manson always tipped 25% on all of his meals. I don't see why people have a problem with the guy. Yeah, do it. It, it OJ was a great guy. I knew him for, for 25 years. Oh, he was he a, the game. You, he nobody was more fun to play golf with than OJ Simpson. And then they had, had like one little thing happens. Oh, no, a thing happened. Like, you I mean, want to lock him up. OJ let his buddy stay in the guest house forever. The guy was down in his lock. He said, Here, here's my guest house. You just crashed there for a while. I mean, what kind, what a mensch, right? Yeah. 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 So that's uh that's my uh 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 attempt to tie in this story which is kind of local to us with yeah. what's going on in washington and 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 a uh, one more little thing the words executive privilege have been thrown around if not out of mark martin's mouth but by defenders saying he he shouldn't and can't say what he said to the president because of executive privilege right. what what were you his lawyer? No, you were not his lawyer. He called you up for advice. It's he, Mark Martin is like LegalZoom.com. Okay. <laughs> At you know, best. I take that back. Excuse me. You actually have to pay LegalZoom.com. Mark Martin's advice was, I'm sure, uh, worth what it was paid for by Trump, which is always nothing. Yeah. Um, so so there's, there's no executive privilege there. And uh -oh. Trump... Open, remember, Trump is the one who opened his mouth and said he had the conversation with Mark Martin, which, of course, eventually that gets down to, I never heard of him. I never talked to him, even though he's he's quoted, you know, five ways from from uh, from Akron uh, in various publications, including The New York Times, right after uh, January 6th. He said it. I mean, I talked to Mark Martin. He's he's one of the people who gave me the green light, said it could be done. Pence, you can get it done. I mean, think how lame Mark Martin is. Uh, Mike Pence eventually gets to Dan Quayle, who becomes the voice of reason. Yeah. Mark Martin, you got your ass kicked by Dan Quayle, yeah. who had a conscience, who understood the Constitution better then you did it. And by the way, truth is, Quayle is, you know, he's, it's a stereotype. He really isn't a bad guy. Not, not that stupid. But, but for the purposes of, of, of what we're doing, you get the point here. 
um, their executive privilege. You know what? Those two words need to be knocked out of the of the English language because they don't mean anything ever, almost always. Well, They're remember, only used by somebody who's got nothing left. Remember, the, the concept is that the person can't reveal the information because in the future, people will be reticent to give the president information because he gets you get such great information like i don't know it's okay if you go ahead and try to kill mike pence that kind of great information wouldn't be able to be dispensed in the future to somebody right. what, if we, if we wait you'll, you'll notice but you'll notice that all of the lawyers who have testified uh, many of whom whose video has been shown the last few weeks including um mike pence's you know uh staff lawyers and some of the lawyers in the White House, um, they don't have any problem revealing the kind of conversations they had with the president because they were saying the right things. You only, you only want to uh, uh, concoct some fanciful idea of executive privilege when you've done the wrong thing. And, and if I'm not incorrect here, executive privilege does not cover the planning of an overthrow of the United States government, a coup. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, it just doesn't cover, it doesn't cover criminal activity. And that goes back to, to Watergate and even, even before that. Uh, that's just the, that's just the way it works. You don't get to plan the, the end of your country and then claim that you're not allowed to talk about it or have it investigated because it's a, it's a private conversation. Um, that's the old, the Constitution's not a suicide pact line. Kind of covers that one, doesn't it? In, I would hope so. I would hope right. it country's does. Not, right. Country's not allowed to commit suicide under the guise of a, a right to privacy that apparently extends to crooked lawyers and crooked presidents way more than it would a woman, for instance, uh, wanting to obtain an abortion. There's no right to privacy there. Right. Yeah. But there's definitely a right to privacy as it concerns what what's going on in planning to overthrow the the uh, government of the united states so so mark martin i mean i'll tell you what um as i wrote in a letter that i assume and i hope will get published in the news and record maybe even tomorrow i hope uh i said this country needs more semiconductor plants we need more oil refineries to get them. We don't need more third-tier law schools, well, which this is bound to be one. It, and and by a- the way, this, this is almost a permanent uh, black mark on the reputation of this law school, and it doesn't even exist yet. Exactly. Think of that. You're off to a right. bad start. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. need a law school, certainly, that's going to be the founding dean as a pseudo-auxiliary insurrectionist. Right. I don't, I don't Although, think that's going to be good. If, right. If, if, uh, if, if Trump has his way, if Trump is able to run, if Trump becomes the president, uh, maybe this will become the, the uh, flagship law school of the United States of America, teaching law in a way that nobody's ever seen before. Sure. Uh, Mark Martin's a great guy. He helped me uh, 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 figure out the strategy to be able to uh, win in 2024, even though I lost again. Oh, boy. But this time we did it the right way. I mean, this is just flat out bad news. Bad it news is. stuff. Okay. So let's see. Let's see how it resolves. Let's see. Uh, but this is one of these things you can't forget about it. 
we're, we're not going to let up on this. Well, yeah, it, there's we're questions not. do need to be answered for sure. Yeah, that's all we want. I'm just asking the questions. Asking the questions. Just asking the questions, Mr. Beck. Well, you may have your uh, Butterfield uh, moment. I don't know if you caught that story. Uh, there is a, a, a article out about a, some uh, documentary footage that has uh, been subpoenaed by the committee. This Alex Holder guy, who was a, um, a documentary filmmaker, he had a, a documentary about the hung, a Hungarian leader. I don't know if you saw. Did you see the story? Have you seen the story of the no, film that he directed not, previously? Not, oh, he did a Victor Orban documentary before. No, it was about an, it was about the guy that's in charge of that that um, political party. It wasn't Orban specifically. It was another guy, and he was extremely wow. anti-Semitic. And then, oh gosh darn, turns out he has a couple of Jews in his family tree. And then all of a sudden, his career goes zzz, crashing to earth. So he he directed this film. He was given given unprecedented access to the Trump family leading up to January the 6th, and they may have some behind-the-scenes documentary footage right. from the day of the insurrection and all of this other stuff that uh, the committee's yep. going to talk about. He's fully cooperating with them. Right. But that's interesting because, you know, he testified last week, right? Mm-hmm. He, was, he was testifying last week, and there was no hint that uh, he had this amount of access to a portion of the story that we were not aware of. I think we all left last week with the idea that, that he was hanging out with the proud boys, right? He was kind of embedded with them. I think that was another guy. I think that them. was another filmmaker that was actually with the proud boys. Oh, this is another, Oh, this, this is another guy. Yeah. This is another fellow. And this was one of those oh. deals where the Trump family doesn't talk to the political advisors and to the other teams, the communications team or anybody kind of makes a side deal. This guy is given unbelievable access oh. to Ivanka and to the boys and to Trump. Oh. Now he's got some footage and now he's, he's handing everything over B roll uh, outtakes, audio, whatever you want, guys, we got it. So the, uh, this was a story, I think it was broken by Politico. You see the New York Times okay. version there. Okay, Rolling, Stone Magazine, I, Rolling Stone Magazine is saying that the, the people inside Trump world are like, holy shit, I, I have no idea what's going to be in this because well, there are people who haven't seen this stuff. Right. Well, we were wondering, I guess, for this last year and a half, is there anything beyond just those couple of still photos? You know, there was this one picture of Trump standing there on the phone and and uh, Ivanka, Jerry, they're, they're kind of there. And that's all we've seen of that moment. And I guess we moved that to the back of our minds and thought that there, there wasn't any kind of uh, archival footage, especially that would have been commissioned by Trump himself. But when you think about it, it makes complete sense because we live in a world now where the worst people think that the most important thing is since what they're doing is a mission from God, in this case, to overthrow the government, you want a record of that. Of you, want, you, you want everybody to be able to see how great you are, how great you were. Because, you know, the, the dictators and the thugs and the autocrats of the past, we didn't have that, right? We don't have a lot of shit from Castro. We don't have a, a, a you know Stalin and and uh, Hitler. There could have been a lot more film of those if they would have wanted that, but apparently they weren't smart enough to think that that uh, everything they were doing 
uh, needed to be documented. But this Meg, again, I, I, I hate to, to, to pick on old Dick Nixon. This kicks Nixon's ass. Oh, okay? my God. Oh, my God. This yes. really does kick Nixon's ass because, you know, he he had the taping system uh, installed, I guess, reinstalled um, into the uh, into the White House there into the Oval Office because there were, of course, tapes during Johnson also. Yeah, those uh, are those are great. If you haven't heard those, those are great. But the, <laughs> but but uh, I think the Nixon the Nixon system was a was a different, more modern system and picked up even more conversations but uh, nixon was thinking you know i want this and I, I i believe he said he wanted this to be able to when he writes his book to be able to be yeah. accurate yeah. in the lies that he might tell about uh how great he was but how did that that's work that's, that that's kind of innocent compared to this uh in right? a statement on twitter on tuesday the filmmaker alex holder said he had compiled a uh, complied rather with the committee's request for the footage. It was taken in connection with a three-part series titled "Unprecedented," which focused on the final weeks of President Trump's re-election campaign, culminating in the storming of the Capitol. Mr. Holder said, "While it remains unclear exactly what Mr. Holder's footage and testimony might reveal, he interviewed Trump three times, including once at the president's uh, Florida residence, Mar-a-Lago, directly after the January 6th account." He said he was given unparalleled access to and conducted exclusive interviews with Pence and members of Trump's family, including his two stupid adult sons, his daughter, Ivanka, and her stupid husband, Jared Kushner. This was this was stunning news to a lot of people inside the Trump organization who were having holy shit moments at the at the moment right now. And we don't know exactly what footage they're going to have, but you can almost bet you it's coming to a TV near you. <laughs> We should be able to see some of this footage as part of the hearings at some point in time. Sure. Sure. You know, you know what? The hearings could end up being like uh, a lot of shows right now, like Better Call Saul or Ozark, where they, you know, the season is, is 14 shows. They release seven yeah. and then they take a break and they come back and give you the next seven. Uh, there's just too much material for them to, and by the way, when you look back now on these first four and you see the way they flowed and the way they got the information out, it was kind of brilliant to have the producer from ABC because you can see that that imprint all over the way yes, you uh, can. The, the, uh, the graphics are and uh, even these politicians who are not TV performers, they, they, don't, uh, they don't introduce video all the time. But they've made it so simple, obviously, that uh, all you have to do is read the gigantic words in front of you on those huge screens that we can't see. But you've seen the, the shot from behind. They're looking at these humongous teleprompters that are, that are as big as King Kong in front of them. And that's why you see them, them looking and reading and moving their eyes. But that's OK. That's what they wanted. They wanted to make sure that, that uh, nobody had to squint or, or couldn't see what was in front of them. Um, so this is, uh, th this is a stunner. This, you're right. This is, uh, Alexander Butterfield. Oh, there's a taping system in the white house. Really? Boink, soink. Kind of Were thing. you aware of it? Think, 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 pause. I, I was aware of it. I have been aware of it. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times, yeah. America. Hey, yeah. speaking of dumbasses, uh, did, did you see this moment from Ron Johnson? Oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> 
I love this moment. Don't take wait, this wait, away wait. from me. Don't don't undercut wait. this. But wait, wait. Just just when you thought the walking towards the elevator and then walking into the elevator and letting the elevator doors close so that the reporter is caught in mid-sentence asking their fifth question that you've not acknowledged that they've answered. That's how they get away with it. This is a new way of pretending that you don't hear the question or you're engaged. Go ahead. Describe this scene because well, it's the, just... The, the story just, here is that Ron Johnson seems to have been, and an aide of his have, have seemed to have been really very involved in a scheme to get fake electors out there to try to turn, hand those over to Donald Trump. So here, here's here's some fake electors that we can use from Wisconsin instead of the legal uh, electors that that made Joe can, Biden effective. Yeah, can, can I can I correct you on this? No, these were to be handed to Mike Pence right Mitch before. Pence. Right. He got up there on January 6th. This was this was a a a, a courier package. In Here you America. go. Yeah. Uh, a Fed, you know, Ron Johnson is the uh, US Senate FedEx guy for illegal activity. You need illegal plans and documents and ideas uh, handed to the vice president as he uh, uh, is about to confirm the election of Joe Biden. Ron Johnson is your guy when it absolutely positively has to be bullshit it's ron johnson so he goes he's going to a vehicle to get out of the capitol and they're asking him questions like sir did you did you know your aide was trying to give fake electors he goes i'm i'm on the phone the reporter goes no you're not i can see your screen there's nothing on your screen you're you're not on the phone and then johnson pretends for a couple more seconds to be on the phone then he kind of drops the facade he goes yeah okay what do you guys want what do you want to know he starts answering the questions. <laughs> I love it. That's <laughs> so great. <laughs> no. no. All right. All right. We got. We, he 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 should resign. He should just get out of the town. He, he should. They should haul him now in front of the committee. Well, you know that you, you heard the story about him. Is he promised not to run for re-election? But now he says there are people coming to him with tears in their eyes, Brad. Because he's that good. I know he can't. Well, he can't lose. Please, Ron, don't don't pull your love out from me, baby. If you do, then I think that maybe I. He can't handle. I'll just lay it. me down, cry for a hundred years. He can't. He can't handle it. All right, I'm let, sure let's, that's let's, happened. Let, let's finish with one thing that is an, is so pathetic and, and so outrageous that we could have led with it earlier, you know, 40 minutes ago. But during the hearings on Tuesday, you can argue who was the most poignant witness. Um, Rusty Bowers, who's the bald guy with the glasses, who is the uh, House Speaker in Arizona? It was striking. It was, it was difficult to listen to. It was heartfelt. It was, it was all that kind of stuff. He was threatened. He was cajoled. His family was was threatened. He has a, he has a a daughter who who died of cancer during this. So it just it is everything is just the most horrible. They're all trying to, to, to hammer this guy into doing the wrong thing out there in Arizona. And he said no. He said no. Uh, I did have a conversation with the president. Um, and what Trump is saying about me, of course, 
is not true because Trump is now saying, and he said it right before Bowers testified, that Bowers had told Trump that the election was rigged. And Bowers is saying, I never told fucking Trump that, yeah, which right. I'm sure that's true. Because Trump, you, you want to talk about throwing up Hail Marys right and left, okay? Brit, when it's fourth down and you throw a Hail Mary and it misses, that's it. You lose the ball. But Trump just keeps throwing them as if there's, there's no such thing as, as fourth down. But you get to the end of all this. And Bowers, of course, helps bury Trump in terms of Trump knew, Trump lied, Trump tried to subvert the Constitution, and he tried to enlist all kinds of state officials all over the country, including him, to uh, help him fix the election and throw it to him and away from Joe Biden. Okay, that should be the end of the story, at least as far as America's relationship with Rusty Bowers. But in the end, after it's all over, yeah. Bowers comes out and he's asked this after the testimony on Tuesday. I would still vote for Donald Trump if he's the nominee in 2024. He threatened your life. He threatened your family's life. He tried to destroy the country. But you would still vote for him. So, Britt, I think we have to, to remember that and, and think about people like Bill Barr. Yeah. And, and, and because in the end, I hate to say this, this I hate to go here. These are fucking Republicans and they don't care about the country, even when they pretend to care about the country, even when they've acted temporarily. It's like temporary insanity. I did the right thing. I didn't mean to. It was an accident. It just happened. But don't worry, I'll still vote for Trump. I'll still support him. How, how do you square that one, Britt? Help me. Help me. Uh, oh you always thought the selfishness of the Republican mindset would will out. But here's a guy now, as you said, who was put in some jeopardy and peril, him and his family. And he's still like, ah, full speed ahead. Uh, that feels like a cult to me, Brad. Feels like a cult-like presence to me. Right. Uh, you're right. And, and let me let me throw in one little thing. And I don't know whether you noticed this and you've seen the, the it's about a minute long, the, the money clip of Bauer's testimony. And within that clip, and I remember hearing this yesterday afternoon, and I heard it a couple of times since then. And this may explain why after all is said and done, after your your friends, your relatives, your neighbors, you are are personally threatened with death, hanging, rape, all these kinds of things to help fix the election in Arizona, you still say you're going to vote for Trump. This is a quote from Power, Bowers yesterday, that, that he wouldn't violate his oath to the Constitution. I will not do that. On more than one, on more than one occasion throughout all this, this has been brought up. And it's a tenant of my faith that the Constitution is divinely inspired. One of my most basic foundational beliefs. And for me to do so, to do that, because somebody just asked me to, is foreign to my very being. I will not do that. So he, he, he's playing the God card there, the, the Jesus card, whatever you want to call it at that moment. 
But apparently that also translates into this messianic worshiping and still supporting Donald Trump, no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Is this is this a uh, uh, hate the sin, love the sinner? Is that what this is? What kind of biblical bullshit is that? Well, did you catch it, that part of it? Maybe I'm the only one that, that noticed that because he invoked this. I, I, I thought you know, quasi-religious line into his testimony, which I didn't. Yeah, okay, fine. But if that turns into at the very end, yeah, I'm still going to vote for him if he runs again. That, my God. If you think he, I mean, if he asked you to break the law once, don't you think he would ask you to do that again? Obviously, don't you think that that would be something that would even, if you're going to. Well, let's, let's just say for that the, the Rusty is, is such a great guy that even if Trump pulled this again, he still would say no. That's not necessarily what this is all about, because remember, we're only seeing the people that did put up the resistance, the Republicans who put up the resistance, the Mark Martins of the world. Okay, to use a much more familiar name right now because of what we've been talking about. Apparently, whatever whatever God they're praying, they ain't on that same page. So, no, I, I give Rusty a, a little a good nice check mark for for doing the right thing, but but I got to take it away if you're gonna if you're gonna reinstitute the problem. Exactly, which is what he would would do. <laughs> I. <laughs> You're right. The, the the cult word is in operation. It's there. Right. Um, I don't know. Don't don't have an answer for that one. But uh, let, let's just put it this way: if after the testimony yesterday, you didn't know what we just talked about that he said he was going to vote for Trump, and I asked you, do you think this guy would ever support Trump again? I don't think any of us would have said, oh, yeah, yeah, he'll, he'd be back on board. Because it's not about revenge. It's not about lack of forgiveness. It's a, I think common human decency would say, yeah, there, there are other people who have been born on this planet in the last, we'll, we'll move it up to 85 years. There's got to be one of them who resides in the United States who's more fit to lead the country than this guy. Could you please find that person? It doesn't need to be Donald Trump. Right. But you would be wrong. I would be wrong for thinking that. 